everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel the Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Wednesday edition Clay Travis Buck Sexton show appreciate all of you hanging out with us wherever you may be across the nation or around the world vindication in some way at long last for those of us who have been arguing against masks for years we will discuss the Georgia four person of the grand jury that is after Donald Trump is an imbecile. Uh, We will play some audio of that. Donald Trump on his way to East Palestine, Ohio, to survey the damage there while Joe Biden remains in Europe. Quite the contrast, a perfect metaphor, one might say, for America first. But, Buck, late last night, this went up on the New York Times website. It is an opinion piece on their editorial page uh, this morning in the newspaper and the headline, Brett Stevens is the author. The mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? Um, and I'm just going to read the first couple of paragraphs. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19, was published late last month. Its conclusion, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is its lead author, were unambiguous. There is no evidence that they, meaning masks, make any difference, he told Marianne DeMassey, full stop. Wait, hold on, what about N95 masks as opposed to lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference, none of it, said Jefferson. What about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. Now, Buck, we talked about this. This is the Cochrane study, a British nonprofit. I'm reading from the editorial. Widely considered the gold standard for its review of healthcare data. 78 randomized controlled trials, six of them during covid 610,000 participants in multiple countries, no study or study of surveys ever perfect, but there is no sign that masks made any difference at all. So some of you out there may be saying, of course, I've been listening to you and Buck for two years or longer. We know that this is true. Why is this a story? Buck, I think the New York Times finally telling its audience 
that all of their mask wearing was cosmetic theater that had no impact is significant because they're finally acknowledging the truth three years after many of us began to argue it. This is because also there are no political consequences for it at this point. The midterm has passed. Very few places, if any, really still have mask mandates in place. Uh, there's, I think, doctor's offices in New York City, some hospital systems still do it. Uh, and, and you have people who are falling back on the, well, doctors wear masks, so that's why we should all wear masks. Um, th- there's really cheer that should be unpacked and should be addressed. Uh, the fact of the matter is that the entire consensus health medical establishment got this wrong um that's beyond any doubt i actually think that brett stevens here um who generally makes a living trashing republicans for the amusement of democrats over at the new york times uh i think that he is goes too soft in the in the article because what happens when you say mask mandates don't work then the response from the true believers the fauciites out there still um who who worship at their tiny altars to that tiny man uh they will say oh well here's the thing it's because we didn't mask up properly that we have this problem it's not that it's not that masks don't work it's that mandates don't work wrong the masks don't work if you were doing this for any other medical intervention if this was a study for a painkiller or some any kind of a drug a sleep medication and you looked at this macro study of studies, which is the gold standard that you could possibly find, the Cochrane study, and it showed zero efficacy. You would be laughed at. You would be laughed at on any other issue if you said, well, we should still do this. It, it's still worth a shot. Uh, but they will never admit this. And, and I think that for a lot of us, it was deeply discouraging about the Democrat Party, about humanity more broadly, that they would not only go along with this, but that they would be the enthusiastic enforcers of this. I, I believe that one of the reasons we can't just let this go is, Clay, if the next issue comes up, that same mindset of the Siberian prison guards in the sky that we had with airline attendants, by the way. And please don't send me an email saying, but my wife or my husband's an airline. Well, were they being nice during this or not? If they were being nice to people and not being... Some of them were maniacs, okay? Yes. I dealt with it personally. I'm not talking about the people who were nice and were saying, look, other people are going to get upset. Can you just do me a favor? You know, yeah, I get it. It's the policy. I had I had a stewardess come up to me and tell me that I was taking too long when I was chewing, that I was taking too long between bites to mask up. That is a psychopath. That is a person who needs serious, uh, serious psychological assistance. And there were millions and millions of them across the country and they, until they are made to wallow in the reality of their own foolishness here, they will mobilize again. They will send people to the re-education camp over the climate crisis, Clay. Whatever the next thing, whatever the thing is, they will go along with with the same zeal unless they are made to recognize that the mask Stasi are foolish beyond belief and should be ashamed of themselves. And I can't even think of anything similar to masking that has been more universally adopted and been less beneficial in my entire life. And and that is why I, I think, and again, I understand some people saying, well, we've known this to be true for a long time. Why is this significant? The New York Times acknowledging that masking didn't work after all of the water carrying they did for the petty tyrants mandating masks is a big moment and i wonder in many ways what so many of their readers are thinking and 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 i will say this buck they had a editorial and i agree with you it doesn't go far enough but i mean i'll i'll take progress where we can get it they had an editorial recently defending jk rowling and I think it was in the Sunday edition of the Times. I wonder whether some people are trying to take back control of the opinion pages at the New York Times because they certainly lost them in the wake of the Tom Cotton, we should call out the National Guard, and they had a full-fledged, basically, rebellion 
among Times reporters that it's become so embarrassing the arguments that they are making, which are not supported by any kind of rational thought, that it's starting to even be impossible for them. The emperor has not worn the clothes for long enough that even at the New York Times, they're having to recognize that they have lost their way. Well, there there is a level at which uh, leftist institutions, media platforms, whatever it may be, do become concerned, not that the truth is a casualty, but that their own reputations and and their own sense of, of self, their self-esteem is at risk because of the absurdity of the arguments that they are are forced to make and you know this is the anybody who is a dead ender at this point on covid vaccines for example anybody who is still pushing for masking anybody who's saying that men can get pregnant i mean these are things that are impossible to defend as a rational reasonable person so i think that if there's any retrenchment going on it's a function of they just simply can't hold this territory any anymore at this moment in time that doesn't mean they've given up. It doesn't mean they don't want these things or they don't see value in them over the long term. But I, I remember, you know, I had PolitiFact write some article telling me that that I was uh, I was spreading disinformation. And this is supposed to be a, a, a fact checking, you know, the, yeah, uh, probably the most well-known fact checking organization. And they did a whole Buck Sexton spreading disinformation uh, because I said that masks masks outside are completely insane. Yeah, which. By the way, I mean that that was obvious from the very beginning, right? I mean that was the the whole thing was was absurd from day one. And I know you and I, while I was on honeymoon, I, I didn't I didn't want to engage. I, I didn't want to get into it. But I haven't forgotten about these libs that uh, took shots at a few of our shows. Um, you know, they took at a few shows, including ours. They took shots at our friend, the, the great Steve Bannon, over at War Room. Uh, they took shots at some other at some other folks for disinformation. In yes. this realm on COVID, they should be sending the New York Times should be sending an apology email. Yes. And asking, hey, how do you and Clay come up with such astute forward leaning analysis without any medical background whatsoever? What's it like to be brave and right? Please come in and lecture our newsroom about that. Ali, you can confirm our invitation to the New York Times writer who had a front page business section article saying that this show was the third biggest purveyor of misinformation in all of political media. That guy has not responded, I presume, just like the Brookings Institute. Yeah, the New York Times has not responded to our offer. Buck, while you were gone, I made the offer. I said, look, you can come on and share with this audience all the misinformation that we have shared. I want to see your formula. I want to see your work. Brookings Institute said they couldn't find the time. The New York Times author of the piece also mysteriously unable to find the time. But I did want to hit a couple of these flashbacks to give you a sense of what you were being told and how much you were being lectured. Here's Don Lemon, our good buddy, who came back today to apologize uh, and returned to CNN, saying that masks protect kids. This is from August of 2021. Listen. I get that no one wants to wear a mask. I get it. And I get that a lot of parents don't want their kids to have to wear one while they're in school, okay? But if it's going to protect children from getting infected, isn't that what matters most or what should matter most? He's wrong. Here's Joe Biden, Buck, back in August of 2021, saying masks need to be worn in schools. I know there are a lot of people out there trying to turn a public safety measure, that is children wearing masks in school, so they can be safe into a political dispute. And that this isn't about politics. This is about keeping our children safe. And one more time from our buddy Fauci. Uh, here is uh, Fauci saying masks certainly do something wrong. I don't like mandating things. I don't like punishing people for not doing something. I don't believe, by the way, that he doesn't like. I think he loves mandating things. Oh, of course. I, I think that he was a a pathetic and and worthless bureaucrat for over forty years. Although the highest paid federal government employee in the United States, um, while he was still in that job, I, I think that he this was his crown his crowning achievement was to basically be in charge of U.S. policy, not just health policy, all policy, for a period of eighteen months or so, and. 
He should have been fired. And this is something that we're going to be litigating, something we're going to be talking about going forward here, because when was all that stuff by Fauci first being pushed? Trump's biggest failure as president is Fauci. Fair to say? Um, y- y- uh, yes, I think I think so. I I also I mean look I don't want to get into a whole you know Trump thing because we should also talk about to be fair the big the big uh, wins that he had um, you know I don't want to be overly negative I think Trump overall did a great job um, but yeah I mean Fauci should have been Fauci should have been fired now they would say if we had Trump here he would say but that would have been so much worse and then I you know how much worse could it have been look who ended up being president in 2021 right so i, I don't know not how only that trump been. would have been ugly in the short term in the long term trump would have been vindicated as having been right as he has been vindicated on many issues being right he, he has i think stopped weighing in on how great operation warp speed i haven't yeah. seen anything on operation warp speed in a little while which remember we were saying this we were saying this coaching maga with love we were saying, stop saying Operation Warp Speed saved, you know, 500 million lives or whatever, because it didn't. So I think that's been dropped, and I think that there's more of a focus now. Um, but we'll come, we'll come back onto this and, and a whole lot more here in just a second. Speaking of focus, citing it in, my friends, for all the firearm aficionados out there, you want to get really good without having to actually even go to the range, without having to leave your couch. You can do it with the Mantis X system, which is a dry fire practice method that I've got here at home. It is so simple. The Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, connects to your smartphone via Bluetooth. You're getting real-time feedback on how good your shot is and how you can improve. This no-ammo, all-electronic way of training is catching on all over the place. In fact, Mantis X is now being used by the U.S. military and special forces, and I use it here at home, too. Another cool thing about Mantis X, it provides you with drills and courses that you can do at home. Of course, nothing really replaces a visit to the range, but Mantis X is so easy to use, it makes those visits more productive, and you can really see an improvement in your skills. Mantis X is military-grade technology at a price that's totally affordable for you. It's a must-have for every gun owner. Trust me on this one. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. 
Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. National divorce. Something that got a lot of attention because... Uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out a couple of days ago the following. We need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies, we are done. So the last word was cut off. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? We are done. Uh, so this got a lot of people, even on, on the right, having, of course, the left just says, oh, my gosh, they're, you know, it's like secession and they're going to break the country apart. And they're going crazy over this. But uh, look, that's that's it's not happening anytime soon. So I think they can calm down a little bit. It's more of a philosophical discussion for most people. Some people, I think, do believe that that we could be heading in in that in the direction over the long term of of a greater a degree of separation. I did also think this was so interesting because if you're there is a sorting. Let's look at what is happening, right, Clay? And then we can yeah. talk about where maybe this is going. There has been a sorting that COVID in particular accelerated um, between very, very blue areas and then red, you know, becoming less blue or rather becoming more blue and red areas becoming redder. The blue is getting bluer. The red's getting redder. Notably, as we've talked about so many times, New York and its environs, so to some extent, you know, New Jersey and some other places in New England, uh, moving and, and then California and the Pacific Northwest moving to red states with lower taxes and that were more free, at least, uh, during COVID. The biggest single example of this is, well, Flo- uh, Florida is the, is the biggest in terms of uh, population inflow, I believe, with about 350 thousand according to census data is the last thing i saw i think the number is higher than that now it's probably more like a half a million to six hundred thousand it's it's actually eight hundred thousand since april of 20 they they wow. the, the la times came out with some numbers california has lost seven hundred thousand in population florida has has gained eight hundred thousand and buck by the way i wanted to mention this because i saw this number it ties in really well with what you're talking about you know how they keep updating the Florida register rolls for how it breaks down Democrat Republican? Sure, yeah. When Ron DeSantis came into office, there were 257,000 more Democrats registered in Florida than Republicans. They just released the numbers for February of 23. Republicans now have a 417,000 vote in terms of registered voters lead. And that is flipped by 675,000 people, just Democrat to Republican, since December of 18. So that kind of speaks to the blue-bluer, red-redder aspect. Right. So that makes more sense. I was going to guess 600,000 or five, five to 600,000. You're telling me it's 800,000, which I totally believe that. Um, down in Florida, that, that seems to be the reality. If you look at the real estate market in Florida, uh, it's certainly reflected in, in the housing prices uh, across the board. But what's fascinating is when you have this data that shows people are Americans are making choices in large numbers, favoring one system over another. By the way, there is no there is no counter movement of people from Texas going, I hate Texas so much. I'm moving to San Francisco. That does not exist. So there isn't this isn't just, oh, there's a sorting that's going both ways. What you have is the areas that got too blue and too crazy have had an outflow of people who just can't take it anymore. That outflow is having massive financial ramifications on budgets. I mean, uh, the California budget statewide, the deficit is is billions and billions of dollars. Uh, it's way more than even Gavin Newsom's 
staff had assessed it would be um, New York City, um, even more, much more so than even New York State, is is going to be having a whole lot of financial trouble because of high earners who have left. And what I think is so interesting is uh, here is an MSNBC analyst talking about how, you know, with DeSantis in Florida, he says it's all meth and alligators. Play 19. <laughs> Can we play clip 19? In my view, there are three states yet you can't really run from if you're trying to win across America. You run from New York, you're too crazy, you're liberal. You run from California, you're too crazy, you're liberal, you're trying to make sure I can't get plastic straws. You run from Florida, it's all crystal meth and alligators, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's what people think. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying those are sort of the national reputations of those states. So when you see Ron DeSantis running and claiming that he's going to do for America what he's done in Florida, it seems like that'd be a problem i mean it's definitely not a problem to the eight hundred thousand people who have said sign me up i'm moving to florida i want and of those eight hundred thousand how many of them have come from new york and california the two democrat stronghold states a huge percentage yeah what i see where i live here in red state tennessee is people have overwhelmingly moved here from new york california and chicago area of illinois and when we talk about red getting redder that's the people who are moving in. And to me, that is the signature question that cannot be answered by Gavin Newsom acolytes in California. If he did such a great job, why has California lost population for the first time since it became a state under Gavin Newsom's leadership? Think about how crazy that is. California became a state, I believe, in 1850. From 1850 to 2019, every single year, California added people. 2020 was the first year California lost population, 21 and 22 altogether. 700,000 people have left there, including Buck, Gavin Newsom's own in-laws who moved to Florida and are donors to Ron DeSantis. If there were truly a case that it were safer, people would be flooding to California and fleeing California and flee- fleeing Florida. That's not what we're seeing at all. Now, the big challenge to me on the national divorce is, one, move to red states and make them redder. That's the way that you can get a default version of this. That's what people are doing now as they realize they can work remotely many different places. There's still, even in red states, however, are many blue islands. Nashville, Memphis in my state, for instance, are going to continue to vote blue. But the state at large, it's as red as red can get. I want as many people who are going to vote red to move here. One final thought. One of my favorite stats. More people voted for Donald Trump in California in 2020 than in Texas. And a lot of your minds are blown every time you hear that. Obviously, that's partly a function of California having so many people. But regardless of which direction you go, there are still a lot of people left behind who are blue or red in states that would otherwise have substantial majorities in the other direction. I also think it's worth noting that when you and I um, were were growing up, which I guess I'm admitting was around the same time, I like to say it was decades apart, but no. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was in junior high and Clay was in high school, uh, California in, in the 90s in America was the yes. ultimate American dream. You know, it was reflected in all of our... Uh, yeah, Hollywood was out there, so that was part of this, but... In our movies, our entertainment, I mean, California was just the place where people from all across the country wanted to go to. The fact that Democrats in, let's call it two generations, maybe less, a generation, have flipped that around so that California is now the the place where if you're born and grew up there, you're fleeing from there, just goes to show you uh, that State government matters. And that's what we really saw during COVID. I, it used to be, I think, everyone just said, oh, the president, the federal government, that's what matters to me. State government matters. Local government matters. Your school board matters. To your point, Buck, on California as like this promised land, I had never been to California till I was in college. We went on a spring break uh, trip in like 2002 or something like that to California, to San Francisco. And I was like, this place is amazing. I can't believe we went, you know, down to the Redwoods or up to the Redwoods, the Muir Forest, I think, went to the beach, like checked out all of San Francisco. I was like, this place is flat out amazing. 
One of my best friends got married in San Clemente, California in 2005. My wife had never been to California, and we took the PCH uh, and drove all the way down from San Francisco to Orange County. And I was like, my goodness, this is one of the most beautiful, unbelievable places in the entire world. It speaks to how bad Democrat leadership is that basically so many people would be willing to leave America's Garden of Eden. Because that is in many ways what the natural topography, geography of California is. Look, I think it's heartbreaking for a lot of New Yorkers who still see New York as, you know, if you're a New Yorker, you always think New York is the greatest city in America and the greatest city in the world. People have left. I know a lot of people who have said that maybe they'll come back in five years or ten years, but they don't don't want to see how this plays out while the lunatic left continues to run the show there so we'll, we'll we'll come back to this by the way big update clay from andrea mitchell oh you, oh we got oh, something for you folks. already we're gonna we're gonna bring that to you here in just a second stay with us a uh, big update on that one but look i also want to tell you about all the great work that's being done by individuals at the pre-born pregnancy clinics nationwide i mean these are men and women who are choosing to help save the lives of unborn babies and they're going above and beyond. These are clinics that welcome pregnant mothers and offer them a chance to meet their unborn child through an ultrasound experience. That precious experience allows them to hear the heartbeat and see their child growing within them. I mean, you can just imagine. It's a life-changing, heartfelt moment, that godly connection between mother and child. It so often leads to that mother choosing to bring her unborn baby into this world. Now, preborn receives no government funding. There's no huge apparatus behind it. It relies on you, the pro-life community. They depend on you and me for financial support. Preborn's team has rescued over 200,000 babies in this way. And they don't stop there. They provide love, support, and counseling for up to two years for mothers who give life to their babies for free. Each ultrasound costs about $28. So if you can just donate $28, you might help save a baby's life. Someone may have life that they wouldn't have otherwise because of a $28 Tax deductible donation. Five, five ultrasounds, $140. That could be five babies that have lives that wouldn't otherwise. You can donate right now. You can save lives using your cell phone. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the word baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. Hour two of Clay and Buck gets going right now, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. Um, what's, the, what's the Churchill quote, right? Democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other ones that have been tried. Yeah, That's kind of how I feel about the whole jury of our peer system sometimes, right? It's, uh, it's better than the alternative, right? You don't want some bureaucrat, although people can actually ask for a bench trial, but... You generally don't want some bureaucrat, some some man or, or woman of the state to just determine your fate or have government employees who do receive their paycheck from the apparatus, from the system. So we got peers. We got people. Right. Jury duty. What was But do you remember the last time you did jury duty, Clay? I, I do. What about you? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I was like two thousand and four. Actually, I don't want to say it on air because I don't want them to come after me. It's been a while. It's been a while. I had to do it, uh, and I got nervous because it was a trial that might take a couple of weeks. And I, I, first of all, I'm an attorney, so I thought I would get knocked out just based off being an attorney. And then I got all the way to seated on the jury panel. Um, and then uh, one of the attorneys said, you know what? I really like listening to this is when I was doing sports talk radio locally in Nashville. So it's probably been like 10 years ago. The guy, one of the juries, uh, one of the attorneys, like, I really like listening to Mr. Travis on his, uh, on his radio show. So I'm just going to strike him. <laughs> and so I got out. Uh, that was when I was doing sports talk radio, uh, based on, uh, based on that fact. Otherwise I would have been seated potentially for weeks. And for what we do, it's actually noticeable when we don't go to our job. So I've always been afraid of just like, I don't want to miss the radio show for two weeks because I'm sitting on a jury trial. Right. So the jury system that we have is, uh, look, our system isn't perfect, but 
if you even no matter what one may think of uh, Andrew Tate and his possible innocence or guilt of the charges in Romania, remember, Andrew Tate was just a few months ago on Tucker's show, the most Googled man in the world, I think, for a couple of months. I mean, that was a real statistic. You know, they've just extended his pretrial detention another 30 days. And, and there may not even be a trial. There have He's actually been Romania, no charges. For people who don't know, uh, like this is why you got to be super careful when you're out of the country. Because as much as you might not like our justice system, my goodness, look out if you're elsewhere. I, I, I do think there's it's quite a coincidence that the charges that have come against Tate, uh, Mr. Tate, have come when they have and against his brother. Um, that's not I, I don't know. But no one knows because no charges have actually they could hold you in Romania for six months before you even get to go before a judge yeah, and say, you know, I'm guilty, you're not guilty. Six months. They could, now, I know a lot of you are saying, hey, Buck, what about the J6 defendants? Yeah. Yeah. We got problems with our we got problems with our system, too. Um, we're bringing all this up, though, because it is quite a reminder of what we are uh, what we're dealing with sometimes here uh, with the, the various legal efforts. And I would argue extra legal and abusive efforts to try to get Donald Trump. I mean, they're doing it is actually hard. We do this for a living. And to keep up with all the different, there was the non-criminal civil trial against the Trump organization in New York. There was the Russia collusion Mueller probe. There's now, you know, E. Jean Carroll saying that Trump sexually assaulted her 35 years ago and and she's going to sue. I mean, to, to keep up with all of these, none of them ever go anywhere. None of them ever. I mean, the only thing that they would say is the uh, Trump organization paid like a million dollar fine, which for an organization of that size is the equivalent of a parking ticket. Um, there's also this Georgia grand jury proceeding. And this is how CNN reports on this because they have a, a four person can't say foreman anymore. The four person um, and just give it time. It will be a a for they you see it wasn't it. uh this singer recently referred to Fisher They, Sam, um, instead of Fisherman. You know what I'm talking about, Sam oh, Smith? Oh, no, I didn't even see that story. Oh, yes. He wants to be called a Fisher They, not a Fisherman, because he likes to go fishing. Anyway, four-person, I digress, of the Atlanta-based grand jury investigating Donald Trump for attempts to overturn the 2020 election, effectively trying to criminalize um, First Amendment-protected speech, legal theories. I mean, the whole thing is nuts. This is the four person who has been doing a uh, a media tour um, here. She plays 16 first. This is the person who is running the jury, basically, of this possible criminal indictment of Donald Trump. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump. Of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. The the American jury system on display, folks. Well, and I think as ridiculous as that audio sounds, her squirrely movements while she's giving it and the fact that she's doing interviews for MSNBC and CNN and working her way across the entire left-wing media ecosystem... She is a, uh, 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 according to people who have tracked down her Pinterest page, very obsessed with witchcraft. Um, and sometimes, Buck, and I was saying this off air, I think Trump is bit benefits from his foes because they are such poor representations, even of the anti-Trump movement, that a lot of people just roll their eyes. But the the bigger picture here is you have got these democrat jurisdictions and for people out there who don't understand this when we were when i was in law school back in the day and then when i started practicing law forum shopping is a big deal it's not discussed that much in the general public but what i mean by that is when you decide where to file a lawsuit very often astute lawyers will say i want to file in this state or this jurisdiction because the legal climate favors me, and therefore that's why they call it forum shopping. It's like you're looking around at all these different potential localities. So, Buck, when I practiced law in the Caribbean, if you could, I was in the U.S. Virgin Islands, for people who don't know. <laughs> I love. By the way, this is one of my favorite clay facts, that you moved to the Caribbean 
and you were a lawyer and you didn't pitch this as a screenplay to ABC yeah. or something, you know? I was uh I was a lawyer in the biggest law firm in the United States, Virgin Islands, 13 attorneys. Uh, when I graduated from Vanderbilt Law School, I am still licensed, unless they've pulled my license and I haven't heard about it, in the U.S. I'm still paying for the license. The U.S. Virgin Islands and Tennessee passed the bar in both those jurisdictions. But, Buck, I took the U.S. bar exam, the Virgin Islands bar exam, in a uh, in a courtroom basically overlooking the bay in uh, in St. Thomas. I practiced in this law firm for a couple of years. Everybody who could sue in the U.S. Virgin Islands would. And I'll give you an example. American Airlines flew in. They were one of our clients. If you ever got hit by a beverage cart or you ever slipped on a airplane or you ever had, you got, the food was too hot, you sued. If you could file a negligence complaint against American Airlines, you filed it in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Average juror, eighth grade education. Population of the U.S. Virgin Islands, only around 100,000 people. It was considered to be a plaintiff's paradise. And so you wanted to get in front of a Virgin Islands jury jury because they would take go off on these stateside, because whether you lived in the island or off-island was a big deal. They'd go off on these stateside corporations. So every plaintiff's lawyer worth his or her salt would try to f- file in the U.S. Virgin Islands because you got a beneficial court hearing. That, taken outside of the plaintiff law firm, is exactly what is going on with Donald Trump. D.C. is basically a rigged jury pool. Fulton County in Atlanta is basically a rigged jury pool. They can get indictments against Republicans affiliated with Donald Trump, and Steve Bannon already went through this, no matter what, basically, the evidence is, because they already have a jury pool that is convinced that the, the people they're investigating are evil. And here is, again, this jury four-person, uh, Emily Kors, who is speaking out about what the grand jury has done here, which you're also not really supposed to do, but they're just putting her on TV anyway. Play 15. It's not a short list. So we're talking about more than a dozen people? I would say that. Yes. Are these recognizable names, names that people would know? There are certainly names that you would recognize, yes. I don't think that there are any giant plot twists coming. I don't think there are any giant plot twists coming, as in Donald Trump is not going to prison over the jury, or or, or rather over the election Georgia thing. And and yet again, I, I just worry that our... Uh, first of all, the legal abuse is obvious here. It's a form of lawfare that has been waged against Donald Trump stretching back now for, for years, for as long as he's been in, in, uh, public office or trying to be in public office. Uh, it's the abuse of the legal system, uh, really the destruction, I think, of clear legal principles. Remember, they even seized his lawyers' communications at one point when it was. Well, they took his passports. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the stuff that they have done to Donald Trump has really debased our our and by the way that was why i brought up the tate issue you've got an american who is being held for months on end without any due process there's no due process so whether you think he's guilty or not and there's you know people who are arguing certainly that it seems very suspicious the way the charges have been brought there's no due process donald trump has suffered process attacks uh, of all kinds and eventually what you realize is even though they're not going to get an indictment, even though they're not going to certainly get a prison sentence, Clay. The process is the punishment. This is what's so unfortunate. They've just used this all along to just r- try to wrong foot Trump, to harass him. And people say, oh, Buck, it's 4D chess. He can handle it all. Well, what about the people that were in his White House who had to pay for their own lawyers? What about the 25-year-old staffer who's terrified of, you know, Mueller trying to entrap them? You know, talk to George Papadopoulos. Talk to Carter Page about, you know, yeah, Trump can handle it, but it's more than just Trump that they're going after as well. Yeah, and I think they're going to indict him, basically, is what she was ducking around there. You have a Fulton County prosecutor who has to make the Wait, decision. so you think they are, you think they are going to indict him? I think, I think that in Georgia they're going to indict him. Wow. But now it's going to be a violation, I believe, of state law. I don't know what the punishments are going to be. I think it's going to be a total clown show. I just, I mean, based on what this jury four person has been saying in the interviews, 
I, I think they'll find some sort of way to indict Trump over this. And again, politically, the Georgia Fulton County DA, again, Atlanta, for people out there who are not familiar with the state, she wins. Yeah, right? there's no like she's going to elevate no her. She's going to no be the next what. mayor of Atlanta, yeah. or she's going to run for a, for an office. Yeah, you, usually in a very very high profile politically charged case, a prosecutor would not want to bring it unless it was overwhelming and yep. you know, it was very clear and a slam dunk situation. Because you lose a really high profile political case, it looks bad for you. Not the case. To your point here, just she bringing wins. the indictment. You're a hero. Just right. going for it. Just the harassment itself of Trump becomes the end goal. And hey, maybe they can get the, uh, you know, the, the, the grand prize at the end of, of an actual guilty verdict from some. Lo- I mean, you told me you saw this jury, jury four persons, grand jury. She's not sitting on an actual jury that would decide anyone's fate, uh, you know, in, in terms of innocence or guilt, but kind of a. Kind of a strange Her Pinterest individual. page is circling around out there, and she is either extremely interested in witchcraft or a, what do they call them? A Wiccan. A Wiccan. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, uh, again, she wants Trump. That grand jury wants Trump. I think that they are going to indict Trump. I don't think the DOJ is, but I think they will for some state law violation inside of uh, inside of Georgia. I think that this DA will do it because I think she wins no matter you what. Called, your you point. called it on the special counsel appointment, um, but I also think now we've seen that special counsel about Biden and the documents. It's sham. Nothing's happened. No one cares. They, Nothing happens. I, I Merrick Garland is going to come out and say a pox on both yeah, their houses, and then that I th- I really think that's going to vanish. Now Julie Kelly was on with us Monday. And she said she still thinks Trump's going to get indicted for January 6th by Jack Smith. So we'll see. I tend to um, think that this Georgia thing is going to be. What, what, what I do you just got? want to point something out, Clay, before uh, we, we move on to some other topics here. We left somebody off the presidential uh, the presidential ledger. We've left we left a couple people off. Um, Marianne Williamson. Of, She's going to run evidently as a Democrat. Yes. <laughs> She's just and our buddy She's Michael, gonna... our buddy Michael Bolton. Isn't he officially announced? I know it's John Bolton, but I prefer to call him Michael Bolton. Because you celebrate his whole catalog. Um, yes. yes uh, he is also running. So there's a few other names that we didn't even give the dignity of, of including in that one. I just saw that flash up on the screen. Uh, Michael Bolton will do an incredible job both uh, playing his catalog and also running for president. Got a great mustache. No shortage of chaos and change in our world. We're here to make sense of it every day with you, no matter what the next disruption is, whether it's weather, labor strike, Something that causes supply chain issues at supermarkets. Still can't find baby formula. How many of you out there have tried to go out and find uh, baby formula? Back in the day, toilet paper, basically anything on the shelves. Had a lot of snow coming across the Midwest and the Pacific right now. Maybe you're not going to be able to get out to the grocery store. Maybe you lose power. Maybe there's just issues going on in your life. You've probably got health insurance. You probably got car insurance. You probably have life insurance. You have insurance for your home, certainly, if you own it. What about food insurance? That's what I did with my Patriot Supply. My whole family has three months emergency food kit. This will last for years and years. It's just in my pantry. Me, my wife, each of our three boys, we could eat for three months, 2,000 calories a day without having to leave our house if we needed to. That is a great bit of security and also just makes us feel a lot better peace of mind my wife was super excited when this came right now you can join us as well and get your own at mypatriotsupply.com $200 bonus gift free with each three-month emergency food kit you order we've got them like I said right here you're gonna love them go to mypatriotsupply.com get free shipping and $200 in a bonus gift of survival gear at mypatriotsupply.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. 
Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We were just talking about Andrea Mitchell and her false questioning of Florida. Well, it was actually based on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but she was questioning Kamala Harris. And this is her response to the lie that she spread in her question. I haven't even heard this yet. Uh, Let's listen. In my interview last Friday with Vice President Harris, I was imprecise in summarizing Governor DeSantis' position about teaching slavery in schools. Governor DeSantis is not opposed to teaching the fact of slavery in schools, but he has opposed the teaching of an African-American studies curriculum, as well as the use of some authors and source materials that historians and teachers say makes it all but impossible for students to understand the broader historic and political context behind slavery and its aftermath in the years since. He didn't think that an AP high school course in African-American studies should be focused on CRT and queer theory. That was the actual objection. Andrea Mitchell is still lying uh, because she said, do we have that audio? It's not enough to say I was imprecise. Can we play the audio of her again? She specifically says that you can't teach slavery and its aftermath in Florida which is a flagrant lie. Let's play that audio. I think what we have does it. Governor Ron DeSantis not know of black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? I mean, okay. this is crazy. So, so I have a theory, Clay. Um, it's always great to try out my theories to you in real time with you know <laughs> a couple of million people listening. But here's my theory: 
I think that because, you know, you just read the uh, press secretary uh, for Ron DeSantis and his response to this uh, a few, uh, what, a half an hour ago. I think that there's a recognition that the old days where Republicans would just show up and get punched in the face by the media, um, that's not going to work specifically with with Ron DeSantis, meaning he's perfectly comfortable just not playing their game. Now, Trump, it's very interesting. Trump actually liked to go on offense against the media and was super effective in using the fake news to his benefit in the 2016 election cycle. I think later on in his presidency, though, I would have said, I think he sat down with the New York Times a few too many times. Okay, I I do think that that's and I believe that people that are ardent Trump supporters would agree with that when they see that it's just, you know, he wasn't outsmarting. uh, What's her name? Uh, Maggie Haberman. She was just running hit pieces on him day in and day out. Um, I think that DeSantis and even some other Republicans, they're not going to let this game be played the way it used to be, where, where oh, NBC News, you will lie about me, and then I'm going to give you an interview a week later? I don't think so. Because Democrats don't do that, by the way. Remember, they wouldn't let Fox News host a Democrat debate. They wouldn't let Fox News interview Joe Biden before the president, uh, before the Super Bowl as is usually the case with the president. By the way, Jeremy Redfern at uh, the DeSantis campaign uh, already responding. Once again, Andrea Mitchell is imprecise in her description because she relies on unnamed historians and teachers. Florida statute requires the teaching of slavery in its aftermath. We just know that queer studies has nothing to do with Jim Crow. Good response there. I would also say this. You guys out there listening know I love Carrie Lake. I think Carrie Lake is a stud campaigner. What she did is something that I've been doing for years, and I would encourage every Republican politician to do it, and this would include Donald Trump. Any interview that you do, put out the full transcript of the interview. Don't allow yourself to talk to a reporter for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and have them pull three sentences out of that interview and craft a story based on it. If I talk to a reporter for a story, I want the full transcript of my story recorded by my team, which is what I do at OutKick, so that we can post the full transcript. I, you guys know I talk to you every day for three hours. I'm not running from any of my opi- uh, any of my opinions. But I don't want somebody to talk to me for 30 minutes or an hour and then be able to craft their version of what I said. I want the audience to be able to see exactly what I said, and I would encourage every Republican politician to adopt that as well. Speaking of Trump, Clay, he has, I think, had a a real moment here, making a strong move, going out to East Palestine, Ohio, to visit with that town in the aftermath of that chemical train derailment disaster. He's getting there before Mayor Pete. He's going to be showing solidarity with the people of Ohio affected by this. I think it's a strong move. I think we should talk about just what the implications of this are. And also, where's the Biden administration? Well, Joe's tripping going up the stairs. But yes, we are going to talk about East Palestine. Trump on his way there right now. And what the impact is of the Midwest as we all start to turn towards next year and the next election. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.